What's poppin' fam? Welcome to Don't Touch My Mindset, a podcast that is designed to uplift, inspire, and motivate you, and most importantly, share tools to help you protect that mindset. And just like that, we're back. Happy Sunday, happy Sunday, happy Sunday. And you know what that means. We are back with some more, some more uplifting, inspiring, and motivating, but most importantly, tools to bring you. And not just from me, but from some guests. We got we got pivotal moments this this weekend, and I'm super excited about our guests. Yo, I'm gonna start calling like these next like like I wanna say three uh pivotal moments. They're, they're gonna be like the lost files. I did these like early 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 this year um but you know you know time catches up to us and sometimes we you know we get distracted we get pulled in other places but i i needed to get these messages out here this one is uh from christina weenman uh she's an author uh based in wisconsin yo yo incredible conversation um just just tap in listen to it uh before we dive into it I want to tell you, we are officially less than 30 days away from the workshop. Break the Cycle Workshop, October 2nd. Get your tickets now, please. Like, we are just, we want to help you become a better you, help you operate in your natural strengths, help you improve your, your communication, grow your relationships, improve upon your limitations. Um, so go over to vjchase.com slash event. Get your ticket now, yo. Like I like like I say, don't just see me there. I want you to beat me there. Sign up. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Be the best version that you can be right now, yo. I love you guys. I love you. I love you. I love you. We are back on Wednesday with another mindset. So come back then. Until then, enjoy this pivotal moments. If this is your first time here, uh, rate, review, share this episode if anything resonates with you. And follow the show. Press the subscribe button or follow us on Instagram at DJ Chase or at Don't Touch My Mindset. I love you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for Christina being here, right? Um, I think this is going to be an exciting, exciting, pivotal moment. Um, Christina, how are you? Tell us who you are. Tell us what goes on in the world of Christina. I'm so happy that you're here. Yeah, I am so happy I'm here as well. Um, you know, I'm doing great. I just kind of shared I'm a little busy, which I personally absolutely love. Um, still a student, still an author, still a continual learner in terms of what's going on in my life. So I love that. Um, I love continually learning about psychology and I love learning about who we are as humans and how we can utilize what we are as humans to improve not only our day-to-day lives but ultimately other people's lives and I love to talk about success what that means in an all-encompassing life because my biggest fear is to get to the end of my life and realize I was chasing after the wrong thing and so I feel like conversations can really help us get to the point to where we are going in the right direction you know every once in a while there's going to be a wrong direction slip but in general, at least having those conversations so we can end up in a place where we're happy. 
that makes me really happy and that's <laughs> why i asked you to come on the show because your mindset the way that you look at life the way what you said about your biggest fear my biggest fear is getting to the end of my life and realizing what i could have been and i'm like damn so yeah i definitely resonate with that um so let me ask you you're you're still in school you're an art when you, you wrote a book what's the book called what when did you do that yeah, so I am currently 21 years old, and I published my book when I was 17, and I started writing it when I was 16. And the reason why I wrote a book, uh, it's called Success Through Your Eyes, and the byline is learning from your world to find your way. People think that is incredibly ironic that a teenager wrote a book about success, and quite honestly, I feel uncomfortable sometimes telling people just because people are like, okay, so you were a teenager and you wrote about success. Tell me more, right? And so it it was really me interviewing people about what, what success means from an all-encompassing life because I noticed in high school, I would have these conversations with my friends, especially, you know, when you get towards the end of high school, people are deciding what they want to do with their lives. And I've I just had a lot of conversations where people were choosing certain careers because of things that didn't really make sense to me. And so I wanted to learn from people who maybe had the typical successful careers. So I interviewed people like CEOs, motivational speakers. I interviewed one of my teachers and just asked them to get a, a good idea of, of what success looks like, you know, after you've had that experience. And I wrote about what I learned along the way. And so I continue to share that with some high schools and just students typically high schoolers, but honestly, anybody can learn from that book. Um, and again, it's it's not solely my book. It's all of the accumulation of knowledge that I learned from the conversations and the interviews that I had. So it was a really, really fascinating process. You know, that is fascinating that you did that while you were 16, published it when you were 17. You know, that's, that's, that's absolutely insane. I, I want to dive into that. Um, but first, a question that came to mind was, what is your definition of success? What does that look like? What does it look like to be, to have success, achieve success, or to be successful? Definitely. So success for me, and one thing that I learned through the process of writing my book is that it is incredibly dynamic. And so what I'm telling you my definition is right now was not my definition necessarily when I wrote my book. And so I think right now, my definition of success revolves around having a balance in my life because oftentimes I find myself getting so focused on work or I get so focused on, you know, one specific direction in my life that I forget to kind of balance that out with what's important and what's, you know, if I focus too much on my health, then maybe I start to lose that in my family, like relationships and things like that. And not necessarily that I've had a, a major problem with that in the past, but just understanding that you know, life is about experiencing life as a whole, not solely, you know, being healthy, not solely, um, you know, having relationships. It's just everything. And so just kind of checking in every once in a while, being sure that my life has that balance. And also, you know, that I'm kind of like what we talked about before, moving in a direction that not only makes me happy of where I want to, where I will end up in 20 years, but also every day. Like if I'm going for a goal, like say I want to start this new passion project, I might want to start that new passion project and get really excited about the end of it. But if it's stressing me out every day, that's not something that I want to do because life is so much about every day. Like life is literally every single day just piled up. 
And sometimes it's really easy to forget that. So in a long form, that is what my current definition of success is. And I love that because that's exactly how I view it as well. Um, damn, that's deep. So what are you striving for right now? What drives the success boat right now in this moment in Christina's life? Ooh, what drives the success boat? So right now I'm a senior in college. And so it's been really challenging trying to figure out what I want to do with my life, especially because I have so many different interests. And I, I literally created an Excel document of I, like each tab I have as something as a possibility of what I could see myself doing in the future. And not only what I could see myself doing, but something that I would really enjoy. And so I kind of have that as um, a problem that I'm trying to kind of work on is just realizing like, I just need to take some sort of action towards doing whatever I want to do. I think most recently, um, you know, I, right now I'm working on a podcast and my whole life I've loved to ask questions. I love to talk about the things that we're talking about right now. And, you know, I just realized that's exactly what people in a podcast do. And so, you know, it doesn't necessarily, wouldn't necessarily be a full-time career by any means, but just to kind of realize like what I love to do and incorporate that into, into my job. So kind of working on that, especially because throughout college, you kind of have that back backup plan of, oh, I'm just in school, but now I actually have to figure that out. Right. I mean, with that being around the corner and, and you're like, okay, we're going to be done learning for a little bit. Um, where are you being led to right now? Any, any place specifically, or is it still just sitting on that Excel sheet? still sitting on the excel sheet a little bit um the other hard to think too when you know you have a bunch of different passion projects that you want to do so for example like when i wrote my book you know with doing a podcast and things like that there's you kind of want to have a stable career to where especially coming out of college and you want to have that experience um but you also want to do what you love on the side or whether you can incorporate that into into that but still trying to figure that out and hopefully I can figure it out before I graduate um, which I'll end up doing something I'm not too worried about the worst case scenario especially the way that the job market is right now so maybe give me a couple months and I'll answer that a little bit more accurately <laughs> we'll circle back around to it after you graduate how about that yeah it's yeah absolutely insane because um, I want to write a book. I want to write a book and I'm sitting there like, am I behind? No, Jay, that's just not your definition of success right now. And that yeah. it's so beautiful. Um, so obviously we're here to talk about you. It's all about you. I want to I want to shine this light on you. And I, I, I've asked you this question before of the most pivotal moment in your life. And I really, really want, want you to take me back to that moment how you were feeling, what the thought process was, where were you before, what happened, where were you after? Just kind of walk me walk me through a pivotal moment in your life that kind of shaped you to who you are now. Definitely. So I think the first thing that obviously comes to mind is when I did decide to publish my book. And, you know, that's kind of an obvious, like, pivotal moment that I did have in my life. But I think everything that I had written in my book in terms of content is considered what I learned. But I would say the content that I actually wrote in my book was probably about 20% of how much I learned during that process. 
And I think I want to touch on one specific aspect. So I, um, when, when I wrote my book, I wasn't sure whether I should have it self-published or like kind of do it more on my own or kind of go through a publisher. And there were certain people that were willing to help me out a lot, which was great. But I think one thing that I learned through the process of my book, which I actually did talk a little bit about authenticity as a theme that I pulled, but one lesson that I learned through that process is that authenticity is more valuable than anything that another person could offer you. And so the reason why I say that is because I had a couple of similar experiences, similar experiences, but one specifically stands out to me. So especially being so young and having a published book or at least working on one at the time, um, people, it, it shows a clear desire that you are willing to take action. And people who have had more experience love that and they want to help you. They want to be a mentor, et cetera. Um, that being said, there's also people who want to be a part of your journey and kind of take you under their wing. Um, so I had some really great free mentors, but there was one person who had reached out to me and said, I would love to take you under my wing. And he promised me that if I had kind of joined, joined and did whatever he advised me to do in terms of kind of going down more of a speaker route and promoting my book and things like that, he said, I could make you a millionaire by the time that you're 22. And this was, I was 16 or 17 when I heard this. And even though I knew in my head that it wasn't about the money, it was still a really hard decision to make because in my head I was thinking, whoa, like my life could be totally different in a couple of years if I follow like what this guy tells me to do. Keep in mind this one's, this was somebody who I had looked up to for so long. Uh, didn't know on a personal level, but I actually had reached out to him and just kind of took a shot. And so I was put in a position where I could kind of go and kind of do what this guy had told me obviously just from a speaking standpoint um or I could go my traditional route because my first question that I asked him was okay what's the catch right like what do what can I not do and at that point I had known that I wanted to go to college and college was something that was really important to me to to have that experience and go through but he said, you can't go to college and you have to put in a certain amount of investment money in order to kind of build your business, which I completely understand. You need to invest in a business to get somewhere. But especially being so young at the time, I, I didn't know what the decision that I was going to make. And I just remember getting off of that call and thinking, okay, well, like, what do I do? It was just so hard because I didn't want to say no to an opportunity of a lifetime, if that's what it was. Uh, ultimately, I ended up deciding against it because I just knew that it was more important to me what I wanted to do. And I felt like, and I felt like I was saying no to an opportunity, but now looking back on that, I realized I was just saying yes to myself and like how I wanted to have my journey. And so in, it took a lot of courage to be able to trust myself. You know, I didn't end up like going and speaking across the world, but I also realized that even though that is some people's definition of success would be to go and take their book global and go speak like in multiple countries and whatever that is, I don't think that I truly would have been super fulfilled with that. Not that I like wouldn't find that to be super fun and interesting, 
but I think my experiences these past four years have been so much more important than if I were to kind of do that. And plus, if I want to do that, that's something I could do after college and I, I could change my mind later. So um, just through that process and through that decision and also the four years past, I just realized that, you know, trusting yourself and also having the courage to focus on your like what really matters to you and not necessarily the money that was another kind of red flag is that there was more of a focus on money um going back to it, it the authenticity and choosing what you want your life to be is worth so much more than money money is so replaceable you can make money so many different ways but you cannot you cannot like live your life a different way if you regret it and so Mentors are awesome. I have met, I've had so many great mentors, both free and coaches are great too. If they, if you want to pay for a coach, that's awesome too, depending on what your goal is. But you also have to understand that you're responsible for your own life and your own decisions. And the whole point of experiencing life is to experience that on your own. And so a coach isn't, a coach is there to help you, not to kind of completely guide you through the way that they got to where they are. Um, and so that was something that I learned just that authenticity is more valuable than anything monetary or physical that anyone else could give you. And you learned that when you were 16. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess so. But that being said too, that it was so cool about an experience like that and experiencing a life lesson is that you don't only learn when you have that experience, you continue to learn from your past self. like. Even, I don't know, even now, I, I continue to kind of like look back on my past self and continue to learn things about myself, you know, back then. And honestly, sometimes I look to my, my past self as kind of a role model in certain aspects, obviously. Mm -hmm. I hope my future self can be a role model for my present self as well. But like my courage to, this is gonna sound weird, but I don't know if I would write a book right now if I had the same experience, if that kind of makes sense. like. I think, I think part of the reason why I wrote a book that young was because I didn't realize how big of a deal it, not, not that it's a huge deal or anything, but I didn't realize how much work it would be kind of, do you know the Dunning-Kruger effect? Oh, tell me. Okay. So the Dunning-Kruger effect, and I really hope I don't butcher this, uh, is essentially a psychological phenomenon term that a beginner in a certain, you know, when you're just starting out and learning, you have an overconfidence bias towards whatever you're doing. So like, uh, for example, like when I wrote my book, I was like, oh, I know nothing about writing books. It can't be that hard. And then you kind of get into it. And this is for any anything, a lot of things that the Dunning-Kruger effect applies to. Um, but then once you start to get into it, you realize how much and how expansive that topic really is. And you say like, oh, wow, there's so much. And then you kind of have an under, like a confident uh, or an underconfidence. I'm not sure if that's a word, <laughs> but, but either, yeah. So you realize how much of a task or whatever you're talking about really is. Therefore, it kind of creates that like fear, like you stop doing it. And so there's so many times when I look at certain like biases that we have and think, okay, why is that there? Why is that a thing? And I realized without the Dunning-Kruger effect, 
and this was just kind of a self-reflection, maybe I wouldn't have wrote that book because I didn't realize the courage that it would have taken me and the difficulty that I would have actually had doing it. So that's just a thing that I actually learned about myself two weeks ago. I thought about that. Wow. Wow. Um, shit. <laughs> shit. Yo, because there's so much here and I'm like, oh, do I have three hours? <laughs> but that's really cool that you think that you realize that you don't know if you would have if you would have wrote the book you know um i could see that in podcasting when i started I, so i just launched my podcast in october of last year and it was off of a challenge and i was just like sure whatever i'll make a podcast and what i need a mic and then it, as as i'm deep now into it i'm like you just said that i was like yeah i don't know if i would do that By the time yeah i, I love that like, yeah it, it, because when I went into it, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. You know, it can't be that hard or whatever. Everybody has a podcast. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, wait, maintenance. <laughs> yeah, the continuation of that, which is really nice. So if you write a book, too, if that's something that you kind of continue doing, you can kind of choose to continue that or not. Um, that being said, I would recommend continuing it. I wasn't very great at self-promotion. So I would recommend doing that. That being said, that's what's super nice about about that compared to a podcast at least um i actually actually do not like like it's not that i don't like self-promotion but i i gotta look inside myself on that we're not here to dig into me <laughs> <laughs> next time next time right. so uh when it when it comes to book is published you know how are you feeling how are you feeling at that moment? Books published. You're 17, senior in high school, right? Yeah. How are you feeling? So, so if you don't mind, I'm actually going to move your question a little bit earlier. So I'm going to go a month before the book is published. So, yeah. oh my gosh, I didn't even share this, but I actually kept the book a secret until a month I was before I published it. So I didn't tell any of my family <laughs> or, well, okay, I told my, my, I told my immediate family, anybody who ended up like, finding out. So that was really people who I interviewed. Um, so there were less than 25 people who probably knew that I was writing a book. And even my, even my best friends didn't know it. I always, okay, this is going to sound really weird, but I always called it like my, I had to work on my secret stuff. That being said, I didn't make a big deal out of it. It's just, if I had something open, I would just like close it quick, not intentionally trying to be secretive, but I really wanted to do it for myself and not for one thing that I learned through the process was that sometimes, depending on your goal, if you share that with other people, it can almost create a false sense of accomplishment because if you share that, you kind of get that praise back. And then in a way, in your in your mind, it can create that. So depending on the goal, that can be good or not good to share with other people. But going back to your question, uh, so because I had kept it a secret, it was so easy to kind of work on it and not experience that fear until I realized I had to share that with people and tell people about it. And so I remember about a month before it was published, I realized it was so difficult to finish. That was where it was hard because that's where you really have to take the action and take the courage of saying, okay, this is done. Another thing about writing a book is you never feel like you're done writing because you could always improve it. 
that being said, I just needed to I just needed to put it out there. And then published it, felt good. I you know I told people it was it was fine. I just made a post and people were obviously pretty shocked because they hadn't known that I was working on this for the past year. And then about two weeks, or I guess now with Amazon Prime, people would go and buy the book. That's what scared me so much is I had no idea how hard it would be to have somebody else listen to words that I wrote because, okay, I think sharing my emotions is vulnerable. Sharing certain things about ourselves are really vulnerable. Whereas this book, it was my thought and it was things that I learned. And I didn't think it would be as hard to share that as it actually was. I didn't think it would be vulnerable like sharing your emotions. But when you put something out there into the world, wow, is it hard? Like, and so that was something, you know, before when I was working on it, I felt great. I felt super excited about the project. To be honest, after I published it, I got so nervous just because you, especially being so young, there's a lot of attention drawn to you. Uh, which which I liked. It was great to have like the news channels and Wisconsin Public Radio interviews and things like that. Uh, but it was a, it was a weird dichotomy of feeling great and super excited, super passionate about this thing that I did, but also so nervous. But luckily, I found that there was really no real negative feedback. I think everybody was pretty positive, which I think you'll find if you have the courage to put something out there depending on what that is people are usually pretty positive about it so no i i, I completely agree with that because I, I can definitely relate to those feelings when publishing the first podcast podcast it's yeah i've never created so and it's like and i'm very very vulnerable on the podcast so i'm like yeah go listen <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you want them to listen and you want them to read it and consume it but in your heart, it just kind of hurts. Not your heart. I don't know where you would feel that, but it just hurts a little bit because you're like, I absolutely hate when people read my book in front of me too. So I don't know if you feel that same way. If somebody like listened to your podcast in front of you, I don't know if you have that as a problem, but it's just so weird. It's it, I, it's so funny. My friends will send me like videos of them like listening to the podcast and it, it, it in the background. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> completely i i totally agree i well i haven't had a podcast we both have different types of content out right, right now but that, that's that no yeah. so i definitely understand that feeling um how do you pass that how did you get past that and uh, yeah short answer i didn't <laughs> um long answer still working on it i guess um I think, I think one thing that has really helped though is separating my identity from the work that I have to share. And so I'll quick tell you this one story. There was a, there was a girl who actually went to my school and she ended up reading the book and I found out like, well, I think she, she shared with me that she read the book. She was originally planning on going to become a doctor and kind of pursuing that. And she completely changed her careers to, I believe, music or something like being a teacher. And it was, you know, that's not the, I could have completely delivered that story in a much powerful way. Uh, but I think hearing stories like that, when people reach out to me and say, you actually changed what I realized that I want to do with my life. 
And in a positive way, I have to realize that logically, I need to share what I have written, you know, whether or not it's perfect, which it will never be. No, nobody's content. I mean, I think nobody's content will ever be perfect. It just needs to be put out there. And so emotionally still working on it, logically, it's just been really great to ha hear the stories of people changing their lives in a positive way because of what they've read. Yo, um, I just got chills all over my body when you said that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe you're a true inspirator. And the reason I say that is the, the word inspiration comes from breathing life into. And I, I can definitely, just from that story, I can definitely see how you breathe life into other people, into changing their lives. And you're definitely a true inspirator. I think you're going to do absolutely amazing things. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. So absolutely. Um, what was the absolute toughest, hardest part about the entire process from the mentor that reached out to the book being published and people reading it people reaching out to you to where the book is now what was the most trying part of all of that hmm i i know we touched on it a little bit and i think my answer as of right now will probably be finishing it and being willing to share it with people just just because of kind of what we were talking about in terms of sharing your work is so hard and I hadn't realized that and I think if I would have anticipated that a little bit more maybe it would have been easier but especially having the book be a complete secret and being able to just work on something because you love to do it without the fear and courage of actually putting it out there Granted, there was courage in terms of reaching out to people and having those interviews, but nothing close to actually putting your physical work out there, which is, it's been great to kind of have a greater appreciation for people who do put work out there, whether that be a podcast or a book or a movie or whatever it is. I think you realize that a lot more, but I would say that the most challenging part is, you know, after I published it and to this day, when people, um, when people read it even though that's also the complete best part logically logically it's the best part emotionally it's the worst part and so it's it's a little challenging but another thing so I just want to add to it's also really funny when not funny it's whatever you want to call it sometimes so the other the, a couple weeks ago I had my book recommended on a podcast which is you know super great podcast and I was really excited about it but I find that sometimes people will quote, take quotes out of my book that are my personal least favorite parts about it. And so I've had it happen a couple of times where people would like quote my book when they're recommending it. And in my head, I'm like, oh, if I could have changed a part of my book like now, <laughs> that probably would have been the part that I did. But that is so I, it, this is another time, you know, how I was talking about how I continue to learn from a, a thing that I created four years ago. So I realized that we're always going to have favorite and least favorite parts about the things that we create. But by having somebody kind of point out a thing that resonated with them that is actually our least favorite part just goes to show that every single part resonates with somebody. And regardless of whether there's a certain part that you pick apart, like, for example, that one 
part that he, he had mentioned, I was like, oh, if I could change one part, it might be that in just some little way. But the fact that that resonated with him and the fact that certain other parts of my book all resonate with different people is so awesome. Again, same with your podcast, right? Like you might have certain what you might, I don't know if you have like certain podcasts that are your least favorite <laughs> and your most favorite. Yes. I think naturally we form those favorites in our head. But, of course. but then, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to make a comment too, that I think is really funny and kind of relating to this. So in one of your podcasts, you mentioned that one of the reasons why you didn't start was because you didn't like your voice, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing that I thought to myself when I heard you on Clubhouse was, oh my gosh, I love his voice. <laughs> I love your voice. And I thought it was hilarious. Well, okay, not hilarious, because obviously that's a serious reason. But it just is so crazy that the, sometimes the least, our least favorite parts about ourselves and the things that we have are the most favorite parts that other people love about us. And so I genuinely say, like, I would not say that if I didn't 100% mean it. That was the first thing that I said in my head. I was like, oh, I love his, the way his voice sounds. In a completely, like I would, like I said, I would not say that. And so when you said that on your podcast in my head, I was like, I, I stopped the podcast and I just had to think like, is this like, it was just an epiphany of realizing, I wonder how many people have those least favorite parts about themselves that other people absolutely love. You just took me to a whole different place. Yeah, we're rocking now. Because seriously, like, it's, and it shows me how much more work I have to do with myself to full acceptance, to full, full surrenderance of fully being me and loving every part of myself so I can fully love others as well. And, and it's so funny because everybody says that. Everybody says that. No, I love your voice. Love your voice. Me. I'm like, bro, I don't even want to talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's just it's just super interesting that you that you even say that and that's absolutely true um and so and honestly when people tell me that that's what keeps me going that's what that's because i'll play a podcast back after i get done and i'll be like nope mm -mm, mm -mm. the little 15 minute mm -hmm. podcast they, they take almost two hours to make <laughs> yeah yeah i believe it i believe it that's not well, one fully received thank you for that that's something i, I definitely needed to hear always because um all, we're always up here right and yeah. <laughs> so that really takes me to what is the next passion project for you so the next passion project um, and I love that, by the way, you call them passion projects. I love that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, completely. Uh, I think my next one is working on my podcast and kind of continuing the conversation around success, what it means for the same purpose that I wrote my book, just the same, just to have those conversations to avoid us in going in a different direction that we don't actually want, that we're not actually meant for. And so we'll see what it turns into in, in a couple months and hopefully I can get that rolling out here soon. I love that. I have two questions for you to wrap this thing up. Okay. One, if you take away the titles, you take away the experiences, you take away the accomplishments, strip away the labels, who are you and why are you here? I love that question. <laughs> um, Okay, who am I and why am I here? So, hmm. so I think I am here to 
again, I don't want to like mold into anything that I have said already too much, but I believe that in this current moment, I'm put on the earth to have like conversations like this right now that we're having to make people realize certain things about themselves and what they're doing. And also hopefully that I can use that for myself in my life. And, you know, even just by simply having a conversation, like what we were just talking about, uh, you know, the voice thing, and also how I had certain least favorite parts about my book. Like you said that that kind of helps you keep going. And it's like, think about how many other conversations that if people just realize how many things that people, other people appreciated about them, what different direction that they would go in. So I think I'm here to have those conversations and I'm someone who loves to learn about A, other people and B, about humans in general and psychology, how we work. Uh, hence why I brought up the Dunning-Kruger effect as well. And so understanding that is really fascinating, sharing that with other people. I love learning new things, just like anything from if I took like a, a new food class, like how to make a unique type of food to like learning how to do a backflip, like learning all the different things to try to just experience the variety of life like that there is. Because it's so like, that's what's so fascinating about learning is there's just so many different things that we have. Like, and there's also so many things that I haven't tried. Like I haven't tried cricket. I haven't tried like learning how to, I don't know. There's just so many different things. And so also experiencing that for my own, for my own sake too. Love how you answer that because you didn't use a title. You didn't use a title. I know it was really hard because, like, I mean, I'm not used to like saying the same thing over and over again. But it is hard not saying something like, "Oh, this is who I am," you know? Right. And and you didn't use a title, and that's the most important part. Um, which said, which segues me into my second and last question for you. I want to break it down into two, but I I, I think I'm gonna save you. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna be your saving grace here. I'm not, All right. I'm, not, I'm not gonna do it. Um, All right. <laughs> who is teacher Christina? Teacher Christina. The one thing that I'm working on right th this year, I'll kind of preface it with this, is embracing fear, and not only embracing fear to you know get used to being uncomfortable but also to enjoy being uncomfortable and I think the more that we kind of break out of our comfort zone the more that we're able to enjoy enjoy that and so I'm you know future Christina there's like one year future Christina 20 year future Christina etc but I think what it comes down to what I hope I continue throughout the rest of my life is continually finding ways to just experience life in more of an uncomfortable way obviously not 100% of the time because you don't want to be uncomfortable 100% of the time but finding that sweet spot to where I can continue to experience new things like what I don't want to do the rest of my life is you know sit in the same job doing the same thing it, assuming that job is something that I don't like to do um, which you know for some people if, if you like to do like for example, if you love being a car salesman, obviously you do a lot more things than that, like go for that. But I think for me, I just want to make sure that I find something that I love and continue to, to 
to experience life in, in different aspects. What? That just rose up like three more questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, okay. All right. We're going to dive. Um, <laughs> when it comes to experiencing new things and continuously learning, is that out of a place of fear of commitment to stick at one thing? I'm going to say honestly, yes. Like now that you say that, I think because of how many things life offers, it, it is a fear of mine to not at least have tried that. I mean, I don't, I haven't ever thought about it as fear of commitment before, which is why I, I don't necessarily know how to answer that right now, but hmm. I think it's it comes down to a fear of getting to the end of my life and not have tried something that I could have done if I would have gotten out of my comfort zone. Exactly. And um, I completely agree with that. No right or wrong. I disagree with that. Um, because we, we have to live in that fear. We can't access freedom without fear. But if we live in fear, we'll never access food. So we have to we have to taste it. We have to touch it. We have to see. We have to know what scares us in order to push us, is my belief. Um, in your opinion, last question, I promise. Last question. <laughs> in your opinion, why do people start things and not finish them? This is a great, you're, I'm a great person to ask because I do this all the time um, <laughs> on a more minute scale. I mean, I finished my book, but that's a different story. <laughs> and if I were to take a shot at this answer, I would say that people get to that point, like where, like how I was talking about where I got to the point right before publishing, where it kind of stuck and I realized I didn't want to do that. I would say that it is out of fear and it's out of feeling like other people will care more than they actually will too, depending on what you're talking about specifically. Because, and, and one thing I, re I realized also during the process of, of writing that was that people, you think that people care more than they actually do. Everybody thinks that everybody cares about them, but in reality, everybody cares about themselves, which is one of those life lessons that you might hear in a podcast or a book or whatever it is, but until you actually experience it, it's hard to fully grasp. And so I would say that the reason is because people assume that other people are going to care because usually most of our fears nowadays are irrational and regardless of the fact that fear is based out of a survival physiological response the fact is if i look if i wrote down all the things that scared me i would say that 90 percent of the things were irrational You, you get an ace in my book. Um, oh, it's sweet. <laughs> like, like, can we be best friends? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yo, yo. Um, yo, that's, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. Um, thank you for that. Thank yeah. you. Thanks um, for asking the question. I wouldn't be able to answer it otherwise. <laughs> right. You know, I, um, the biggest thing about me is I, I, I love to stretch my 
I love the stretch mind. So when you give me the green light to ask questions, we're going deep. We're going in. We're going inside. For sure. Um, so I absolutely love that. Thank you for being so open. Thank you for being ready, willing. Um, if I may ask you, please tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your book, um, and how we can support you. Please. Definitely. So you can find me on Clubhouse, Instagram. I have a website, ChristinaWomen.com. Uh, also, my book is available on Amazon. It's available on a couple other things, walmart.com, barnesandnoble.com, but Amazon is always the easiest, so I would say that. And then also in the future, uh, hopefully within the next couple of months, the Success Through Your Eyes podcast to kind of continue that conversation. So really excited for that.